test. Let me try it. Hello. It's on. Muted, so now, yeah, you're playing games with me back there, Doc, you and Philip. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to Mexico on the 9th. That's a Thursday. And so if anybody wants to contribute to that, you can do it anytime, Sunday or, you know, or next Wednesday. I'm probably going to complete this series next Wednesday be part eight this is part seven I could make it go 20 parts if I really put my mind to it you know you get to talking about something but uh, I imagine it's going to be that way then Zach and I have talked we want to meet with Pastor Ken and talk and share about some of the ideas he has for the coming year. I think it's going to be good. It's not going to be weird or such a big change, but we're going to do some different things. So I hope you're looking forward to the new year like I am. And uh, after I get back from Mexico, then we got Thanksgiving, then I'm going to fly down to Brownsville and minister there. But uh, like I said, if anybody wants to help with Mexico, I'll be heading out the 9th. So you have an opportunity to still give, even if you want to write a check tonight or Sunday or next Wednesday. It's not too late. Amen? Huh? Designate it if that's what you'd like to do. But right now, we're going to share part 7 of Unblocking Curses and releasing blessings. And before I do that, uh, one of Nelson's friends came, and she was having a little anxiety and, and kind of anxious and on the hyper side a little bit. And uh, she was a little bit of that Sunday morning, then out the sister of Virginia and Brother Sherman's at God's Powerhouse, she had a little episode. And you know what? God loves all the children. Amen? She's... She's, she may look young and she may seem young. She's in her mid-30s probably. She's older than Zach. Uh, she used to come when we were over in the building by the labs as a, about an 18, 19-year-old back then. But I want to pray for her right now that God would bring her peace. Amen? Lord, right now we just pray for Amanda that you would give her peace wherever she's at right now, that you would comfort her heart that you would let her know that you love her and send people across her path to share that with her and let her uh, get her system lined out the way you want it, Jesus. And if she needs some medication or whatever, Lord, we know you can do miraculous things and we know you do healings. So we ask you to just heal her, body, soul, and spirit, God, and that she might be encouraged in you. And we send our love and prayers towards her now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. All right. Well, we got to unblock curses, don't we? People have curses spoken over them as children. 
You know, I won't embarrass anybody. I've talked to different ones like Timmy back there. Tim and I have talked about how there was words spoken against him when he was a young person, a kid, and he's battled it. And so the church has become his family because of those words, hasn't it, Tim? You have a family here in the church, and many have been without family at times, you know. I got to meet Nelson's mother. She's a godly lady that loves the Lord. She's up in years. But I I visited her in the hospital. But Nelson has found a home here. We're his family. You know, each one has come. John came. I don't even know who invited you. But you made your way here and you brought, you invited yourself. Maybe Chelsea invited you. But Cherry, I mean not Cherish, uh, Bryson. I get I'm looking at people and I get their names crisscrossed in my mind. But uh, Bryson came and he got saved. And just a lot of cool things happen when we reach out to people and they need a church family to help fill in the gaps of their own families. You know, I think every one of you here have a story to tell. And uh, so it's really cool. I know this, when people go to heaven... They're going to get to see people that they didn't get along with, and then all of a sudden they're going to love one another. All that stuff's going out the window. You know, when you get to heaven, it's nothing but pure love, and you won't even be able to stand it because it's so good. But uh, we're going to talk about the curse of unforgiveness tonight. I have preached on forgiveness a few times. I did a little series on it uh, probably early this year. But this is all part of releasing these curses and releasing or, you know, breaking the curse and releasing the blessing of God. And so I just thought I'd hit on it one more time. I only have one page of notes, so it won't take me a long time. But Matthew chapter 6, this is one of the hallmark passages of my ministry for many, many years now. And the neat thing is, if you study the Lord's Prayer, And I've got these little copies in my office. I can make you a copy if you don't know them off the top of your head about the eight compound names of God. That is the complete realm or personality of God's character, those eight names. Like Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom is peace. And Jehovah uh, Shammah. It's another one. Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah M. Kedish, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Rohi, he's ever present, Jehovah Rophi, or Rapha, either way, he is our healer. He heals us of all of our, our ailments and sins and, and so on. But he, his character is full. And that word Jehovah is more than just one word. It has compound names with it. So when we read this, looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven. The old King James says, Who art in heaven. So this is the new King James. Uh, It's kind of in between the NIV that Zach's been preaching out of and then the old King James. And so many people memorize scriptures 
And I used to read out of the New American Standard when I was a young minister, and so that goofed me up too. I've, I quote scriptures out of different versions. So if you ever hear me and it doesn't sound the same, well, don't be alarmed. It was in a Bible somewhere. But our Father in heaven, he is in heaven, hallelujah. But he's also everywhere at the same time. He's in the third heaven, the second heaven, and the first heaven. And the first heaven's represented now by the Holy Spirit. The third heaven, Jesus, sits at the right hand of the Father. <coughs> so, you know, it's, it's rather neat. Hallowed be your name. In other words, his name is awesome and glorious. It's holy. So hallowed be his name. And when it says his name, it's talking about those eight compound names of God. Hallowed be the name of Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Wow. Hallowed be the name of Jehovah Nisi, our victory. He is our victory. Hallelujah. He is an awesome God in every area and every character. Amen. Your kingdom come. His kingdom is glorious. His kingdom has everything that we need. His kingdom is what I want to be a citizen of. More than I'm an American citizen. I'm sorry I'm not disloyal or unpatriotic, but I'd much rather be loyal to the kingdom of God than even the Mar uh, USA, you know. And then it says, your will be done. Wow. What's his will? Sheila, you've been feeling under the weather, haven't you? It's God's will for you to be healed completely and not to feel bad and not to be run down and not to have the coughs or anything. He wants you to be healed. That's his will. He wants us to be healed. He wants Kevin Swan to be completely healed of prostate cancerous cells. They can't live in there because God is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I was up in the hospital in Cape at St. Francis with Charlie Silkwood yesterday. Spent a good time up there talking to him and Karen. Uh, I've got to tell you, though, Karen does more talking than Charlie does. But when she pauses for air, he jumps in, and he talks. And uh, we got talking about different things. I teased him. He was sitting in the wind, in the, you know, that little recliner thing. Right next to the window, the shades were pulled up, and the sun was coming in. I said, Charlie, man, you're going to go home and have a sunburn. You know, they're going to think you went on a vacation to the beach or something. And he laughed. He liked that. But they did a procedure on his prostate so that he could get back to normality again. And he's looking forward to that. And, of course, you have to do certain things before they'll release you. And I think he did that. So I believe he's home right now. But it's so cool. And I just pray for the grandson, Dominic, right now. He's had a real struggle. But he is beginning to overcome. And uh, I think we're going to hear some good reports about him soon. But anyway, the Lord's Prayer is an important prayer. Anyway, let's go on. It says, on earth as it is in heaven. That, that means we can have here what we can have in heaven, which is perfection. You can be made perfect. Now, I don't know about certain things. I've, I've told Dave and Randy and Tim and myself and Kelly, we all favor. We look like brothers. 
because we don't have a lot of hair on top. But you know what? In heaven, I've got a full head of hair. So why not on earth? Yeah. Why should I disbelieve that God couldn't give me some more hair? That'd really protect my head in the summertime. Any of you guys with me out there? Praise the Lord. Sherman doesn't worry about that. He's got a full head of hair on top. But he says, and, for, and give us this day, today, our daily bread. What we need today. What do you need today? You need to eat. You need to pay your electric bill. You need to pay your housing bill. You need to pay for your gasoline and your vehicle and for medicine or something. I don't know what all you're paying for. But he wants you to be able to pay everything you need to pay so that you're not indigent and you're not without. Like Zach preaching on Sundays about the Good Shepherd, you know, that we should not lack. Amen? I'm not telling you go prosper so you can buy a Rolls Royce, you know, but hey, I think you should prosper. And if you need an SUV or a truck or whatever, Brother Sermon needs a truck. I pray that you can get exactly what you'd like and what you want and in the color you want it in. Because there's nothing wrong with that. He's had a truck for many, many years. He needs a truck. He has his own big garden. It's like a miniature farm out there, you know. He needs a truck. Well, I pray for him to get a truck that fits his needs just perfectly. Tim was telling me he needs another truck. Well, I pray that the Lord is the one that gets, him, gets it for him this time. And, you know, he does a better job. So I'm praying he gets a truck that he can use. Man, God's got a cattle on a thousand hillsides. Lord, can you just sell about, I don't know, 30 or 40 cows right now? Get these guys the trucks they need. I believe for it. You, you're a rich daddy. You have what we need. So I pray for our daily needs. I talk to God like that. Lord, you're my father. I depend on you. You have what I need. And he says, and forgive us our debts. Now, other, another passage says trespasses. We could throw in there iniquities. Might as well. Sins. Forgive us those things as we forgive others. God's not obligated to forgive you if you're going to hold a grudge against somebody else. If you don't forgive, he's not going to forgive. You know, we're going to get into this. Anyway, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from e the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so... For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. There it is, what I was telling you just a moment ago. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now, if somebody you know steals your lawnmower, and you know who did it, That'd make you mad, wouldn't it? It'd make me a little angry. And I'd like to get it back. That hadn't happened to me yet, and I pray it doesn't. But if something's stolen, did you know you're obligated in the Scriptures to forgive them? Now, I didn't say you did, couldn't go and confront them so your anger doesn't become wrathful like Zach preached Sunday, but you are, 
you're able to go confront them. Just be angry and sin not. Don't go over there and plaster the guy, you know, on the face and break his nose and put him in the hospital. Yeah, but you are you. It's all right for you to confront. Now, if it was your fault because you left the gate open. You know, that still, it wasn't right for them to go into your property and steal from you. But you don't, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you've got to trust them. There's a difference. You don't have to trust somebody that's lawless. Are you following me? My heart beating that much? It's whooshing or something. Yeah, I'm good. But anyway... You, you don't have to trust a lawless person. You're still obligated to love them because Jesus loves them. And if they've done you wrong, you're obligated by Jesus to forgive them. But you don't have to trust them. And you don't have to give them a key to your house or your car or anything or your garage. Forgiveness is totally different. It has to be, it's an attachment to your heartstrings. I forgive them, but no, you're not getting the key to my house. If you want to come in my house, it's by invitation only. You don't come in, just bust in, and then take whatever you want. I knew a minister out on the East Coast. His sister, this minister, inherited the family farm with the house. And they had a lot of the antiques and things from the parents who were the grandparents. When they passed away, they got to keep them. Well, the sister would come over and would stay with them for a couple of weeks, her and her husband. And then after they left, lo and behold, what happened to that picture we had over here? What happened to that bowl, the little special bowl that we had? Well, the sister got sticky fingers and stole them. She felt like she had the right to them because they had belonged to the grandparents, her parents, that they didn't leave that to her. She was not obligated to have those because they belonged to her brother and his family. And the same thing can happen in families. Families have lots of issues and problems when things are not written down and spelled out, you know. So uh, sometimes you got to be a peacemaker, peacekeeper in a lot of things. So anyway, you still have to forgive is the point I'm making. And that's the point that Jesus forgives when you forgive. He's already paid for his forgiveness for you. But sometimes you can throw a rock in the well so the water can't be drawn out by not forgiving. Anyway, here's some keys to the Lord's Prayer that I just read to you. Number one, recognizing and praising the source, your Father. That is a key when you do the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, pray this way. So, you, you recognize that you need to praise the Heavenly Father. You need to worship Him. And see, some people only want to worship Jesus. Well, guess what? Jesus, He is going to inherit everything. He is the one 
that gets to distribute and so on. But the father owns it all. Kind of like the prodigal son, the older brother thought, oh my, you, you gave this lawless boy, he was returning home, and I gave him a robe and a ring. But he said, son, everything here is yours. I gave him his share. But there was no reason to lock him out and not let him have a place to sleep or food to eat and a robe to wear. He's still my son, in other words. See, God wants to bless us all, but there is authority. Jesus is the authority. God is the owner. So he has everything that we need in heaven. Number two, standing in authority, the kingdom of God, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want what God has and what he wants. I don't want what the devil has to offer. He offers us chaos, confusion, diseases, sickness, embarrassment, shame, disorder, all kinds of negative things. But God offers all the positive things. Number three, calling on God the Father to release our prosperity for the day. John, you've been doing this? Has Grateful Movers been busy every day just about? Do you pray and ask God to bless you with business? Do you get other people refer business to you? Well, see, because we ask, God provides us for that day. You keeping those guys busy, that your friends that are working for you, they're making a living probably better than they ever have before. Because John is one of the sons in the kingdom of God, and he has been asking God to bless him. His wife prays for it, and I pray for it. Mama Lou prays for it, and others pray for it. And his business has stayed busy. And that's good. Sometimes you got feast and famine, you know. Some businesses are more busy, like when school lets out or school's about to start. Then lots of people are going to be moving. But he stayed busy year-round because you, you enter into this contract with God. Give me my supply today that I need today. Keep it steady. Keep it flowing, Lord. And if you need something, you just ask him for it. You know, uh, I just believe every time I'm going somewhere, God's provision shows up. And he has never, ever let me down. Number four, asking for our forgiveness. Don't just ask it for you unless you're willing to forgive those others. So as you do that, God forgive me for my shortcomings and anything I've not held up in my end of the bargain. Well, Lord, I also forgive so-and-so because they tried to throw a wrench in things for me. And some people are mean, let's face facts. Some people are not nice. Some people don't want you to be blessed. They get envious and jealous when you're being blessed. So don't think everybody's on your side because they're not. They are envious of you sometimes. Anyway, number five, strength against temptations and deliverance. Uh, you can have strength to avoid temptation and then you don't need to be delivered. Sometimes you need deliverance out of trouble. You know, and... Uh, you know what I found interesting? Zach was talking about the shadow of death, the valley of the shadow of death, and I 
and if anybody's ever been a funeral I preach, you've heard me tell you about the valley of the shadow of death. That was between Bethlehem and Jericho, and it was a narrow passage, crooked roads, and the sun would go down about 4 p.m. because it's so narrow, it'd be pitch dark in there, even though it's 4.05. And we rode the bus on that narrow passage. It was spooky to look down and see, oh man, we could fall off this road pretty easy. This bus driver better know what he's doing driving down this road. Well, you know, Bethlehem, that's the house of God. Bethel, you know, and Bethlehem. Uh, so it stood for the house of God. Jericho was a place of refreshing. So you could say the house of God, and you had to go through a lot of trouble to get to Jericho, the refreshing, like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, You, you can get blessed by the Holy Ghost, but sometimes you walk through the valley of the shadow of death to get there. And so you might go through temptation, you might go through trouble, but God will lead you all the way from His house, the born-again experience, into the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! If you're sleeping, now you're wide awake. That I yelled a little bit. Nelson about jumped out of his seat. I was standing right next to you there. Anyway, the sixth thing is this. Declare the kingdom of God in His power and His glory. The kingdom of God has power and glory. It has no weakness. It has no fear. It has no demonic activity. So if the kingdom of God is Johnny on the spot, then the devil cannot do his thing. We don't permit it. Yeah. I feel very peaceful right now, don't you? I feel the peace of God in this place. As I look, I know each of you. I know you love the Lord. I know you're serving God. It's great. What an atmosphere we're in right now. Here's a statement for you. This touches the heart of God and shows our obedience to Jesus Christ as Lord when we pray the Lord's Prayer every day and when we activate it, not just say it, but we put action to it. Amen? If you say amen, I think you really understand what I'm saying. Yeah, action. Like, Lord, lead us not into temptation. Well, don't go over to the bar room if you drink used to drink you know you say well I'm going to go witness somebody don't tempt God don't tempt, be tempted by the devil don't be deceived God is not mocked you know is what the word says whatsoever you sow is what you shall reap so don't go where you can have trouble if you've got a spending problem don't go into a beautiful boutique ladies that have everything nice that you would ever want as you just might spend money you don't need to spend. And all the men said, Amen, Pastor. Amen. Yeah. But anyway, Tim, don't go to the lawnmower shop right now. You've got a nice zero turn, and you got a weed eater. Don't go over there and look at any more lawnmowers. You know. Now, Sherman needs a truck, and I've got a truck, so it's all right if I go with Sherman to the place where they got trucks because I don't need one. He needs one. So we could go together and look. See, it's not a temptation. 
Now, if I saw a certain kind, I might be slightly tempted. I'll make sure I don't look at them. I'll go look at the one Sherman wants to look at. But anyway, when we do the Lord's Prayer, we speak it and we mean it. And we act upon it. We obey God. And the power of God's there. Let's go back in time to Lamentations. Not very many people. I preached a whole series out of Lamentations in Florida, and I re-preached it here in Poplar Bluff. Might have been when we were down on South Broadway so many years ago. But I preached a whole series out of the book of Lamentations before. That's in between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. You know, it's a little book that's not too full, but anyway, let's go ahead and, and read two scriptures, two verses out of chapter 3, 22 and 23. It says, Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Boy, praise God. He's so holy with all of our weaknesses and sins sometimes. God just does not tolerate sin, but because of the blood of Jesus and his mercy, he doesn't consume us. In other words, he doesn't get out his fire torch and go, and torch you when you sinned. Because his compassions fail not. Aren't you glad God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth upon him they should not perish, but should have everlasting life. His compassions fail not. They are new when? Every morning. Not Monday through Friday or Saturday and Sunday when you're out of work. No, they're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Wow. How many know God's been faithful to you? You didn't deserve it but he still was faithful to you even when you weren't always faithful to him. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I hope in him. The Lord is my portion. That's just like somebody bringing you a plate of food to eat and the graciousness and kindness and mercy of God and grace of God is so wonderful. It's like a great plate of food. It's, it's satisfying. The Lord is my portion. Wow. And then we go on down, and this is three points under there. Number one, salvation is by grace. Now, you have to have faith in Jesus Christ, but it's by grace. It's because he is graceful to us. He is gracious and kind. He forgives us. And the number two, mercy is getting our prayers answered. We didn't deserve it, but he answers our prayers anyway. Oh, God, help me. You don't deserve it. I want you to go to your room. No. He's gracious and kind and merciful to us. He puts up with us when we don't even deserve it. But he's still merciful and he answers our prayers. Number three, the Hebrew or Talmud, it's a book of biblical wisdom, says forgiveness and mercy are always a distinguishing characteristic of the Abraham and of Abraham and his seed. Do you know the New Testament book of Hebrews says that we are the seed of Abraham? Yeah. We are. I think Galatians says something like that too. But we get the same blessings that Abraham was promised. 
And we have Jesus Christ that opens up the windows for us to receive him. Hallelujah. In fact, let's go to Galatians. I just mentioned that. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 says there, And if you are Christ, in other words, you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Man, Abraham had so many promises. I mean, as far as the eye can see, it's yours. Whatever you have need of, it's yours. Wow. Man, we can put our faith in Jesus. We belong to Christ. And because we belong to him, we have, the, the, we have an inheritance. We're heirs of Abraham. Man. Yeah, we are spiritual heirs. You can have all the sheep you want, Nelson. We can have cattle. We know Bob Hanschenmacher, if he's watching, Bob has goats. He's a goat farmer now. He didn't mean to be. He just got a couple of goats, and they just kept multiplying. And so, anyway, you can have whatever you want, really, if it's not sin. Karen Silkwood, what all did they have? I know they got chickens because she's giving us eggs, you know. You can have chickens. Tim was telling me he wants to have a cow. I, you never said a sheep, but he'd take a couple of goats. Then he wouldn't have to mow his own yard. Those goats eat the grass up, boy. And then he said he wanted some chickens. They could have eggs to eat every day. Man, you could scramble them, boil them, fry them. Kind of like Forrest Gump in that movie talking about shrimp. Well, eggs can be the same way. Eggs Benedict, boiled eggs, fried eggs, with cheese on top, you know. <laughs> I'm so joyful, I tell you what, God is so good. But you know about forgiving, Peter asked the big question. He said, Lord, how many times do we have to forgive? And we see that answer, let's look at Matthew 18, 21, 22. What's that say? Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him and then I can knock his block off no that doesn't say that. up to seven times you know why do you think he said seven seven is completion seven is God's number so he thought just seven Lord then I've done my godly duty but what Jesus telling he said I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. 490 times? That's why if you ever call me and tell me you've had a slip-up of some kind, I've got to forgive you and ask God to forgive you. And if you call me the next week with the same thing, I've got to forgive you and ask God to forgive you. Then if you call me the next week, Seven times 70, up to 490 times. And if you ever get to that point, then I can knock your block off. No, I wouldn't knock your block off. No. Then I can wring your neck just a little bit. Not much. Anyhow, seven times 70. And let's go on. There's a parable here on 1823. 
through 35, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I don't recall how much a talent was worth, but it must have been worth quite a bit. But as he was about not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold, sold for money with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. They better be some good workers to be worth 10,000 talents, that's all I can say. The servant, therefore, fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion. See, our Heavenly Father is compassionate. Released him and forgave the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is a whole lot less. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not have patience, but went and threw him into prison till he could repay the debt. Well, how on earth, first of all, is the guy even going to work to pay the debt if he's in jail? I never could figure that out. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if, I, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Wow. First guy just had the guy thrown into jail. But the master, after he found out he abused the other servant, it said he turned him over to the torturers. My, my, my. He said, and I never saw this this way. He said, that's what the Father's going to do to you if you don't forgive. Man, you could be treated. You remember the scriptures where it talked about and they stand before Jesus at the judgment and they say, but Lord, Man, we cast out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. We fed the poor. We clothed them in your name. He said, but I never knew you. How many, how many organizations do we have today that function? And I hate to call any of them out because it wouldn't be right. But just as an example, what if it was the Salvation Army? Goodwill or March of Dimes, anything. We know there's people that aren't always right in organizations. They don't always treat the money right. Well, then they appear and say, yeah, but we help people. 
Yeah, but how much did you put in your own pocket? Yeah. I'm not saying those organizations do that. But I'm just, as an example, there are organizations that have even a Christian name in it, and yet they don't treat the people right. They don't show love and compassion. And I wish I had a boatload of money right now for every call I get on the telephone. People want you to pay their rent. They want you to pay their electric bill. They want you to pay their water bill and sewer bill. It goes on and on. I could spend a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks a week easily doing that because of the calls that we get. And I have to tell them we don't have that kind of money to help you. Now, if somebody in our church can't pay their electric bill or maybe their whatever, heating, gas bill in the winter, I'd do everything I could to squeeze a dime or $20 or $150, whatever, to help them because I know them and they're in our family. But the world, we don't have enough money to help everybody. Maybe one day we will. We can meet people. I'll tell you this, though, I won't just give them money. I want them to come and sit down with somebody and talk to them about how they got in that predicament and then pray with them for God to help them and to bless them and then write the check to the organization, the gas company or the electric company. That's the only way we do it anyway, usually, is to give a check to the entity, you know. Because I learned a long time ago, I was on a trip with Grace United Methodist Church, and the lay leader was with me on the trip. We went to a St. Louis Cardinal baseball game with the youth group and some adults. And, and we were walking from where we parked toward the stadium. And this guy comes by, and he was drunk, and he said, Oh, man, can you help me? I'm hungry. I said, Well, I can't give you any food right now any money for food I'm sorry and I knew what was going to happen well the lay leader whipped out a ten twenty dollar bills many years ago and the guy thanked him shook his hand walked down a little ways and he went like this right across the street to the liquor store and he went and bought a bottle of booze he didn't go buy food now, I would have bought the guy a hot dog if he had come over close to the stadium with us because that's food. But you see, there's a struggle to help people. You want to help them, but you can't just throw money at the situation. And uh, sometimes people catch you off guard, but I pray God give us patience to be able to really talk to somebody. And if they're really hungry, well, I tell you what, meet me. I had a lady stop and she said we're hungry and I'm staying with my mom over at this cheap hotel and, and I said well okay. I let her get in my car and I drove her across the road to that gas station over there. And we went in and I said okay pick out some stuff. I think you know some bread and lunch meat and some chips and some Cokes or something. I said, okay, I'll pay for that. I paid for it. Then I gave her a ride just around the corner there and dropped her off at that hotel. I prayed, Lord, don't let anybody see me dropping this lady off at this hotel. <laughs> you know, they may think it's not righteous. 
I didn't get out, though, and I let her out. But I wasn't going to give her no cash. You don't know how they're going to spend that cash. So I did what I knew to do, what I could do. See, we owe God everything. He's done so much for us. Let's look at one more scripture. Matthew 5, 23 and 24, two verses. And it says there, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. In other words, you're going to give an offering. But then somebody in the church you've got a problem with. He says, leave the gift there at the altar. And he says, and then, therefore, before the altar and go your way, first be reconciled to your brother. Go to the person you got the problem with. And then come and offer your gift. See, because if you've got issues and you're angry at somebody, but you're going to give your money, your gift, it's kind of cool because let's say you're going to give a gift to help me go to Mexico. But you got issues with somebody in the church. Then you can say, I'm going to give this gift. And the Lord says, oh, but go, go get right with that brother. Go, go make it right. You know, tell them what your problem is with them. And then pray for each other. And then bring your gift and put it in the offering. See? You're not going to, if you give the gift but you're not right and you avoid that person, you walk out, well, that you just got your blessing. You're probably not going to get uh, extra blessing on it. But if you make it right and then you give that gift and then your car breaks down the next week and somebody comes up and says, I don't know why, but I just feel impressed I'm supposed to give you a car. And it's better than the one that broke down. It's awesome. I've seen this stuff happen before. You wouldn't believe how many cars have been gifted to our church that I've passed on to somebody else. You know, at least four that I can think of. Four or five, anyway. So it never ceases to amaze me, you know, how things work. So, and it's pretty cool. Somebody... Well, I won't even go there. That'd get me off on chasing a big rabbit. Then I'd have to clarify it to you. But ask forgiveness. Make it right. Leave your gift. Then make peace, and then don't block your blessing. Because you worked it out, then God is able and willing to bless you. Amen? Isn't that awesome? He wants you blessed. He wants you to walk in some prosperity. Prosperity isn't to claim it, blame it, claim, name it and claim it. I said say claim it and blame it. That'd be the lack of blessing. That'd be the curse. But you, you say what you need and what you want. It's not wrong. If I need a truck to haul stuff, I don't need to be going asking God for a brand new Corvette. Oh, I'd love to have a Corvette. I don't want a brand new one, though. I'd like a 63 split window. Wouldn't that be fabulous? But, you see, I don't need that. So, when you need something and you want something, you can want the good one, the one that you really want. But it's because that's your need. 
don't go asking. John don't need to ask for a Corvette when he's got a wife and a baby and he's got to move stuff. If anything, he could upgrade his truck or something. But, you know, that's the way God works. You can give and it will be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Men will come and put it right in your lap, in your bosom. It's happened to me many times. It never ceases to amaze me how good God is. Stand with me. Hallelujah. You know, some of it's faith. Gift of faith to believe. Some of it's obedience. Practicing just like what I just taught you. Lord, I forgive so and so. I bless them. I hope they get blessed with more than enough. And then boom, he blesses you. It's because you don't hold no strings. You don't get all tied up with something. You put your hope and trust in him and he does it. So Lord, right now, I want everybody to picture something that you're needing. That you need to ask the Lord for your help, for his help. And you need to have him come on the scene to help and bless you. Right now, Lord, I ask you to break curses off of your people. And I ask you to bless them. I ask you to open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing they don't even have room for. Let them walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit in this way. God, let them have what they need. And the thing that they need, what they want, God. You know, it's not a sin to want something. It's a sin to covet something. So we don't covet it. We just ask for the good things of God that you have to offer us. And I ask you to do that for them. So bless them in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go shopping.